0: Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.
1: Okay,
2: Come to Where I'm From podcast, episode 108, Handsome
3: Dick Manitoba.
0: Handsome Dick, Richard Manitoba.
3: Thank Either one baby. If you're mad at me, it's Dick.
0: Okay. That's convenient. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here, boys. Yeah, pleasure th- pleasure th- to be in this bomb shelter. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, it's interesting. So you're a baseball fan and you grew up in the Bronx. Yeah, I was
3: uh, uh I put an album out 2 years ago. First solo album I ever put out in my and I was in my 60s. It's called Born in the Bronx and it's a real diverse record uh probably like my podcast. Probably like your podcast, it's like soup to nuts, A to Z, everything and mm-hmm. anything. And uh, you know, I, I mentioned a lot of reference points. One of them, of course, was Yankee Stadium and Mickey Mantle, mm-hmm. who was the first human that I met that I thought was God. And my father took me to Yankee Stadium, I became a baseball fan. First tattoo.
0: What it's a Yankees?
3: Yeah, first tattoo. Nice. Swore I'd never get one. I have about nine,
2: then you got the and I have chain. a meeting.
3: I have a meeting for three more on Thursday.
2: The Yankee chain.
3: You're, get, you're getting t-shirt. some more. I got a meeting with this amazing guy who's like really famous. Josh Lord, his name is, and I have three more planned. But I have to write. write I don't want to do legs. I would do arms. No chest. No legs. I would do upper back and arms. So I have to make sure I have room so it looks good, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: What are you gonna get?
3: Um, the first one I'd like to get, I can't because I have to wait over a year to get it. So, <clears throat> sorry, the big one on the back, I want to get Handsome across my back with a star. Mm-hmm. I want that to be cool. That, that that could be three years. The first one I'll probably get is, um, I'm a big UFC fan, mm-hmm. huge. Like baseball and UFC, like I could watch for hours. Yeah. and. Uh, when you go back to 1993, the first logo for UFC was, was was just brilliant. It was it was it was it was before there were any rules. It was like you know it was like 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 1480 fights in 14 the 1400s, biting, gouging, no weight divisions. Anyway, they had an earth, a war, the world with a man standing on top of the world like this, and I loved it. And it also says one. So my guess is like, look. Which stingray should I get? You know, it's hard. There's a thousand beautiful stingrays. Which Bridget Bardot should I get? It's a thousand beautiful Bridget Bardots. You have to pick one. Mm-hmm. Which which Beatles uh, uh, um, signatures should I get? You have to pick one. There's a reason I picked this one. Which it's, one did you pick? I picked this. These four. They were in a hotel. Uh, and um, what do they say? John it's Lennon. The Beatles. It's the oh, Beatles. Four Beatles. Are the actual signatures? Yeah. Well, they're actual strangers from yeah, online. Yeah. From from the stories, they were in a hotel. You uh-huh. want to hear the story? I mean, yeah. sure. At, they were in a hotel, and um, they used to and Ringo always do Ringo's star and he used to draw a star under it. So they were probably a little drunk and stuff. And, um, and this is like years later after they had started, you know, writing their names uh, uh, on pieces of paper. And uh, George was fucking with Ringo. And he drew a star under his name just to bust his balls to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that was a story. Also, the John, the J is more times cursive than not, and this one is not. So that's you know it makes it okay. That's that story. There's a thousand choices. So the two choices I have for the UFC are number one, the one I described, or number like five, which is similar with a guy, but his arms are not up in the air as much. He's making muscles, he's making, He's like posing. And the thing is, it's in an octagon, which is the fighting arena that is trademarked, that you right. can't use an octagon. So I have to make a decision between one, and then I, I've made my decision. The first one. Yeah, because octagon, <laughs> to people, people who know it are gonna see, okay, octagon. So you know what I mean, mm. but one is one. Right, it's, it's the off original from zero. We've never done this to one. Right,
0: so one is important.
3: One is important. What about <laughs> one the guy that just retired? I'm sorry,
0: 29 and 0. Yeah,
3: What's yeah, his yeah. Name? Uh, Habib, uh, Habib. Nurmagomedov. Uh, Nirmage- I, I don't know how to say his name.
0: Nurmagetov.
3: Nurmagetov. Yeah, something like that. My son's
0: good. What do you think about that?
3: Um, as a really intense fan. He's absolutely amazing. Right. He is like, he is when people say, everybody's got a plan to fight Mike Tyson until he punches you in the face mm-hmm. once. Right. <laughs> Your plan goes out the window. Everybody's got a plan. They see his weaknesses. They mm-hmm. can see who gave him a tough time. They understand that the gate closes it's and 29 men lost. Yeah. He's, he's, his father taught him uh, in Dagestan and uh, it's like he's levels above as a wrestler, and he does, he does sambo, which is more mixed, it's not, he, he's an unbelievable wrestler, right? but he does sambo, so I mean, he, he knows how to box, he knows, he just knows how to fight, he's got a great fight IQ, and his wrestling is so insanely above mm-hmm. anybody else's that they get in the ring, this guy's really strong, And he's really amazing at wrestling. And if he gets his hands on me, I'm dead. And the last guy he fought, everybody, everybody said, toughest fight of his life. Mm -hmm. Choked him out in the second round.
0: Yeah, I saw it. I I got a stupid
3: question
2: about the UFC. When you say 29 and 0, how long does it take to do the 29 is it like a four-year thing or is it 29 in one year like what's no, no, not so one how, year. how often do they <laughs> no but how often do they fight no. like what's
1: 29
0: like four the, 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 years might be a good yeah. guess so it's no, only, not
3: every four years it's, there, there are
0: variables no four years for the 29
3: i don't know if it's all 29 no, but so these guys they fight five
2: six times a year is that no
3: no average? no i don't think so i think i'm not sure the 29 is even all ufc it might be like seven and zero oh before he came into the UFC. A lot of guys, it, they include that record. They say he's unbeaten, and he's got six wins in the UFC, and mm-hmm. he's got thirteen and zero. Oh. I'm not sure if all twenty nine were in the UFC. But what, to say that, uh, I, I would say um, I, I, I would say a top line fighter doesn't fight
0: more than twice a year. Really? But why yeah. did he retire? Because he's still young. I guess losing his dad.
3: Losing his dad, his mom didn't even want him to have this fight. Mm. Uh people fans are dying for one or two more fights. Um it's it's hard for a guy who'd done that since they, he wrestled a bear when he was eight years old. Mm. You know, he doesn't it's hard to go out on top, man. Yeah. It's hard to go out on top.
0: Yeah. And
3: true. uh I think his father and his mother are very, very important to him, especially his father. Right. His father was his 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 mentor his you know he took him from a child and molded this masterful fighter and and he you know I think he just he's that kind of guy
0: it was emotional when he started he broke down at the end do you see that yeah and who was the guy that it's fought him
3: my son I'm sorry who was the guy that fought him you remember his name uh, yeah. uh
0: Gaethje Gechi. My- was like super classy went up and hugged him there, that was awesome that's
3: the best way it is. When it's good, that's the best way. My son told me, you know, he's going down to a military train to training, what do you call it? Uh, marine, uh, whatever they call it, training camp. Um, boot camp. Boot camp for three months. And he said, at the very end, when you graduate, they walk down the aisle. It's like robotic. And they open this box and they give you this thing, this little thing is about the size of a quarter. And it's, just, you know, the Marine sign. And then they say, like, cry now. They say that to you. They never <laughs> pat you on the back, say, did they, Jake, did they ever pat you on the back and say, good job, kid, Or go, nope. They are there to rip you to zero and build you up to what they call a Marine. Mm-hmm. And he's 17, and he knows he wants to do this.
0: Right, that's why. What do you think of that?
3: I fucking hate it. <laughs> I hate it, but there's so much rational, there's so many rationalizations going on in my head I've tried to talk him out of it for two years. Um, for one reason, because of the fear of something happening to him, whether mentally and or physically. Um, and uh, and number two, my selfish reasons is uh, I- I'm gonna be real alone. And mm. you know, and uh, you know, me and his mom broke up. And um, you know, he's wanted to live with me, and I've been he's been my roommate for three and a half years. And you know, one of the songs I'm working on now, brand new Uh, because I found new people to work with, is called um, uh, Moment Number One. And that's when the doctor came around the curtain because she had a cesarean and wrapped him up and put him in my arms and said, this is your son, dad. And I'm, I'm going to call the song "Moment Number One."
0: That's nice. You
3: know, I, like I, that have, title. To, I have to. I can't do it all schmaltzy. Like it's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be a, a, a humanity story that <laughs> that uh, from A to Z that people can identify with, mm-hmm. and not just me go. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> what kind of music is it?
3: I don't know yet because I write lyrics, mm. but I found a guy who's an amazing singer and songwriter. As a matter of fact, a few guys that died in. in what's the name of the band that did Don't Walk Away, Rene? Um, that band. He sang. I love it Up. He sang those songs with that band. I think when the original lead singer died. So his voice is amazing. And he said to me, listen, you, you just throw out a couple of melodies. Even without an instrument, you just threw something out at me. He goes, just give me a couple of those. I'll right. write the rest of the song. Yeah. So that's what I need. I need help. I, I was working... With, with a really talented guy, maybe I shouldn't mention names, uh, in Nashville. That's who we made the record with. He plays seven instruments, produced Wilson Pickett, works with, I know you know these guys, you've been around, works with one of the greatest of all time, um, uh, what's his name, from Stax Um Oh God, I can't believe this. Oh, this happens to me at my age. Uh, the guy, the guy who wrote "Green Onions" and 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 uh, was an integral part of Stax Volt. Anyway, I'll he, find it. I, I know
0: "Green Onions." That's a classic, right? Yeah, that's
3: well. Well, basically, this was the Booker guitar- T. Who Booker T. No, he's, 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 he's a Stax Volt songwriter, producer, uh, guitar player. Um, he, he's he's brilliant. He's a genius. I mean, that that whole body of music, and you know, Sam and Dave and. And uh, Otis Redding, Jim and, Stewart,
0: no. So this is a solo record you're working on, but it's done, or you I, recorded some thing. of it, this, or you're still working on it, or what? This
3: guy says to me, who I've known since the '70s, and we worked together. I would, I would work. I was working up at Sirius Radio,
0: right? Little Stevens Underground Garage, right?
3: Until I got fired. So then, that was considered. He considered that the first shooting of my foot. The second shooting of my foot was going to jail because of uh, uh,
0: Altercation.
3: Be- altercation with my baby mommy. Mm-hmm. The third was that I said, if <laughs> I didn't vote for Trump, I'll tell you, I don't tell people who I voted for, but I'll tell you, I didn't vote for Trump. And I was kidding, but I went, if he picks Elizabeth Warren as his vice president, I'm gonna vote for Trump. So one of my lady friends calls me up, who put me up in California in her girlfriend's house. She she she, she teaches college. She writes books. She calls me up. And she goes, "I'm not going to be able to be your friend anymore." Mm. I said, "What are you in third fucking grade? I mean, give me a break. You're a super super smart kid. We know each other for 25 years. It's like you know how many people I know are voting for Trump that we that you know that that I love. Like it's like it's like I love them." And they're voting for Trump now. I don't love them. I saw a movie. It was a great movie. I found out the guy who made the movie was a pedophile. So it's not a great movie anymore. Mm. You see my point? If I loved you, I love you. you right. know? And and I hate your political opinion, and it makes me sick, and you all that stuff. But goodbye. So this guy said, "You shoot yourself in the foot too much." The girl who, who said that. Who's, who's the guy who made the record with
0: me? Oh, okay. Dude,
3: I would be in my studio with serious. I put down my microphone I had I'd idea I'd write I'd give him 10 lines the next morning he plays seven instruments got a studio in his house he'd give me a song right I went down there in four and a half days we did 13 songs I got eight left over and there's three or four new ones I'm working on so.
0: oh, okay then this will be your first solo record second oh the second well one. I
3: did, did I did it with him we did it 50 50. Oh, okay I considered solo, it's called handsome Dick Matto, but born in the Bronx
0: right yeah. that's cool so born in the Bronx. And you started with the dictators as their roadie, right?
3: Yes, um, it was like first up in Newport's in the early '70s, which was part of university, uh-huh. um, late teens, late mid teens, late teens, early twenties. We all hung out up there, and it was you know the wild, wild east. Upstate. Uh, yeah, upstate New York, about a hundred miles upstate. Mm-hmm. Newport's that's where Floyd Patterson, the boxer's from. Okay, and. Uh, we started a fanzine called the Teenage Wasteland Gazette, named after the Who song, and uh, it was like it was like drunk college kids writing that, like you know, so and so who sells lemonade on campus. He pees in his lemonade, you know, like the like the head of the school came. I was like, oh, you gotta stop this magazine." So that's that was the 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 literary version of the dictators. Mm-hmm. Then there's, let's be in a rock and roll band. Coolest thing in the world. We we'll get drunk, get laid, you know, play music. So they started a band, um, and I was the band's best friend. So they had to create a job for me. So I said, "Okay, I'll be a roadie." And Terrible, roadie. I, I, one time I'm in a parking lot looking for where the entrance is to the club, and I'm driving a 12 foot box truck, and the top corner of the box truck catches on to a metal awning and actually pulls the metal poles that are holding the awning that are that are inside the concrete. It pulled it out of the concrete. I lost amps. I was like, not good. Then the moment of the 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 uh, the moment of uh, as maybe the beginning of my Bible, in the beginning, for me, was a place called Popeye's Spinach Factory in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. I know for a fact that Eric Emerson from the Magic Tramps, who was part of the Andy Warhol family, was there. I know for a fact that Chris Stein was there. And then it's one of those stories where every year, like, somebody else was there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was drunk, and I was still the roadie, and you know, everybody, every, dictators played, and everyone was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not bragging as Muhammad Ali said if you can do it it ain't bragging right and I could do it (laughs) so they handed me the microphone
0: just for the hell of it like here's the roadie yeah
3: you're gonna do a song at the end of the set right and I did wild thing and I was just like wild thing Yeah. I went nuts the place went nuts yeah so every time they gave me the microphone the place went more crazy than when the lead singer
0: yeah who who was
3: who was he I don't even like it. Let me put it this way. <laughs> Richard Nixon had a top 10 list. Enemy list. Right. This guy might be Number one. my single hated most person <laughs> in the world. Oh and I think it's, I, I'm not sitting in no friggin mountaintop trying to do Zen shit. And I'm not Mother Teresa. I think it's fine to hate. And I hate him.
0: Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much it's in your life because it messes you up. It does. You know, and so you're somebody who likes therapy and talks to people a how lot. I you know, I like therapy. Because I did a little research. Whoa. <laughs> so it's like, as somebody who does therapy and, and is an emotional intelligence must have arrived from all that work, then you know that it's for you to be like having resentment is like. What is it like taking the poison and expecting it to hurt the other person? So, in that way, the hippie ideal is correct where you should let go and forgive just because resentment only hurts you, really.
3: They, they, um, well, you're right. (laughs) It's nicely said. I would, I would, I would maybe erase the word hippie because my version of that, of of you being correct, Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, therapy takes work. It, right. It's it, people think of, uh, go in there. Hey, I feel better.
0: So does forgiveness.
3: It 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 does. Um, but it's also also they have a a, a, sl- a slogan in AA that <laughs> says uh, that guy's living rent free in my head.
0: Right. You know? <laughs> well, Yeah,
3: that's it. But um, I, instead of forgiving him, because if somebody means you harm and mm-hmm. treats you like shit, I'm not forgiving him for that. What I need to do, this is what I need. To, I, I might be wrong spiritually and and philosophically and all those ways. What I need to do is push him out of the way, stop thinking about him, get him out of my mind, and move on and make myself happy. Right. That's what I need. That's how I I look
0: at it. Yeah. Like I I. I That's kind of a form of forgiveness, I think.
3: Yeah. Like, I I think like when I went, I I went to like, let's see, I got like, I took my kid to a shrink, the best shrink in the world, oh he's fucking great. He's the head of uh, child and pediatric psychiatry at Bellevue. Me, I go see a psychologist in the East Village over here and then I got like a pill pusher doctor and he's great too, I only see him once a month. I'll talk to him on the phone once Mm. a month for like 20 minutes. And he said, you need any pills? He's like, oh, I'm out of this, I'm out of this, I'm okay with this, I'm okay with this. But he,
0: really, I, four?
3: No, no, I'm, I have a psychologist <laughs> and a pill pusher. No, the, but no. you
0: said, I'm out of this, I'm okay with oh, this, no, I'm no, out of this, oh, I'm no, good with this. That's four. four. I was I, like, that's I'm a lot s- of pills.
3: I'm so good from the 70s, I can take all the pills in one shot. Oh, yeah. Like,
0: yeah. Oh, no, I can take a whole handful of vitamins. Yeah, yeah. Well, I take vitamins, too. Yeah. Um,
3: and I Vitamins. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, um... The thing thing is, I actually got to the point where I said, listen, I said to him, like, I want to tell you something. I have this feeling. It's just a feeling, but it's a feeling. It's like there are times I wish my son's mother would die, but I don't want her to because of him. Mm. And he said, you know what? I don't really believe that you actually really want her to die. I just think, like I was talking about the other guy, you want to push her away, Mm -hmm. stop thinking about her, the the pain and the and the and the the um, uh, trauma, and and, you know, in other words, my next eight months are going to be spent trying to figure out how to be busy and happy with things that I like doing, which has always been my life. Love doing the radio, love doing the bar, love traveling around the world playing rock and roll. You know, even if it's a smaller version, I don't care. As long as I'm out there, make a couple of bucks and entertaining people, I'm a natural born entertainer. I wanna get back out there and figure out how to do that, which will make me happy and make me busy. So I let my son go flap his wings. I've been flapping mine for 66 years. Mm -hmm. He's out there he wants to flap his he wants to find out who he is he wants to find out what the world is like so like i i no matter what my feelings are i got to do that for me and i got to let him go cuz it's it's going to be it's going to be very painful after being with him for 18 years seeing him a little bit here and there for four cuz it's like not like i'm not going to be 43 years old when i get out mm. i'm going to be like 71 and i'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming I'm going to be 71. Right. But I'm an Ashkenazi Jew. We live forever. I got mm-hmm. a hundred-year-old aunt.
0: Right. You 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 look good. You seem like you're going to be around for a while.
3: I'm trying, man. I go to the gym. I had a, I had an operation. I had a I had a. Had a uh, Hip trans, not transplant, a hip uh, replacement.
2: I took you off topic of the dictators. I'm sorry about that gig that I asked you who the lead singer was, and I forgot what story was. I, I just, just
3: don't like mentioning his name. Is it right? No,
2: but you were talking about that gig, and I got everyone off track. I'm sorry. I get
3: a friend if if it's okay who does a thing called Rock and Roll Geek Show, and uh,
0: right. I was listening to that. Yeah, he well, was, he's
3: done like fifteen hundred. He's done since like 2005, and he's like my mentor. Like I, He's so loving. I never met the guy. Guy's so loving to me and so giving on the phone. Anything I need help with, he showed me how to join things, do things, except for the technical stuff. That he helped me with a little, but he's not that good at it. And he does all audio. And uh, I was on the show. Obviously, Andy got mad about what I said, Andy. And um,
0: The singer? Yeah.
3: And... Yeah. Uh, he said, "I'm going to come on the show." So this guy, out of respect to me, because he loves me so much, said, "Is it okay with you?" He asked me, right. and I said, "Yes, under one circumstance." Why? I, I get last licks, as they say in the playground. So,
0: what's that mean? You, you last get-
3: licks means you're up last. I get it. I go back on again after oh, that. Oh, okay. So, he went on, and he was, for for whatever anger he had at me, it was e fucking full. It was evil. I mean, he motherfucked me. He put me down, make me look like an asshole, put my ex-woman down. Just, just, i just the biggest piece of shit. And at the end, he said, I, mean, I think Richard, <laughs> I think Richard is mentally ill and got a lot of problems, and I really feel sorry for him, is what he said. So, this is somebody I'm supposed to, like, forgive. So, anyway, I said, listen, he thinks he owns the Dictator's, there were guys with playing for 43 years in the dictators who wanted to keep going. He said, no. So it's gotta be no. He's a songwriter. He gets money. When you're a songwriter, you got money for your songs. You don't control everything. You're getting paid for your job. So I I went back. I'm not going to go into it. He said, she said, he said, so, you know, I, I got, I got him back, you know, in my own way. I got him back in my own way. And, uh, you know, I basically said, listen, all these geniuses like Scott, who was in the band, I, he stopped being my friend after 56 years. Um, I'm not even 100% sure why. Someone told me I badmouthed this band in, pers- in, in public. Um, and uh, they're out of my life. They all sent me a letter saying, you're out of the Dictators. Not only that, we bought the name Dictators. You're not allowed to use this logo. You can't use this lettering. It's tattooed you on your arm. You can't use this you can't use this whip that we've used around from one letter, which is from Ring Magazine, which I know the, the editor was it was the New York State boxing commissioner, Randy Gordon's a friend of mine. And he was saying you can't use the, the coloring, you can't say handsome dick of the dictators or from the dictators. It has to be formally of I'm like, so if I get a lawyer which I it's ridiculous. We don't dictators never make money. If I get a lawyer, I'm going to go you're going to take me to court cuz I said handsome dick of the, I use the word of the lawyer the, the judge is going to go are you fucking kidding me? You're taking this into making start to use the word of. And the thing is I own 25% of the dictators. So I don't even so think So
0: rewind it. back to when you like were the roadie and you first started they invite you on stage at the end and what from there you became the lead singer.
3: It 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 a little bit stepped in shit and and a lot was like you know as Stepping t- in
0: shit for people meaning like got lucky and Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But I made the most of stepping in
0: shit. Yeah, yeah. Well it, you were an entertainer and, and it getting that that's what the wings you got right there.
3: That was it. And as time went on, it was clear and we had Murray Krugman, um, who signed Blue Oyster Cult, and Sandy Prolman, ran Blue Oyster Cult, rest his soul. And, uh, you know, they wanted me to be the lead singer. The guy I was working with down in, in, in Nashville, he wanted me to be the lead singer. Um, it, it was like, it was obvious. This is the right man for the job. This guy should be on the chalkboard like a like a football coach, drawing up the plays, mm-hmm. coming out on stage, and... and uh, and handing the ball to me and say, "Go run with the ball. And
0: that's what happened?
3: That's what happened. I think he got, I, it, this is my opinion, because other people don't agree with me. This is my opinion. I don't think he ever got over it.
0: What So did it happen that you were the lead singer? Yes. For, for how long was that?
3: For, after the first album, I was the uh, secret weapon, they called it. I sang about half the songs on the second album and almost every song on the third album. And then uh, m- most of the songs on the album we made in 1990. And um, I, I was the lead singer. I was the the front. Of the, I mean, everyone I run into thinks I I wrote the songs. Right. Um, it just became that, you know, live and, and everywhere I was the the personality of the band. Mm. And I was, I mean, Ross was like the guitar hero of the band. Right. So Ross, Ross and I went boss. out. Ross and I went out with the Dictators NYC a few years ago. This is what blows my mind, because I understand the other two. I'd stand on stage, and just like I finished telling you guys, I'm, to make the same point, I said, hey, this guy is a died in the wool Republican right wing. I'm a liberal. We don't get along at all like that. We have different baseball teams. But you know what? When we were 17 years old, we went to Fordham Road in the Bronx. We got burgers, and we stopped at Alexander's, and we bought albums. And I said, that's the shit. That makes humanity that's the shit that makes love and friendship that counts a lot more than who you're voting for to me to me and, too and we and we went on we went to Europe six weeks a year, three weeks, like then one season, like six months later, three weeks, three weeks, three weeks, three weeks, three weeks six years in a row, mm-hmm. had more fans show up than ever, made more money than ever and one day I get this thing in the, in, the, in the mail, Ross signs his name along with them. I didn't do anything, I didn't even talk to the guy to throw me out of the band. So they're writing new songs and they're gonna go on, I don't know what their plans are. I think they're gonna go on without me or getting a new lead singer. In like 67, 68 years old, they're, they're gonna do this. And the so only this, thing this, is- Oh,
0: currently, this, this letter just came recently. A few months ago. really. Huh.
3: Yeah, I, I had my lawyer send them letters. He ignored. I sent them a letter. He ignored it. Um, I don't care that they got it as a dick test. I honestly don't anymore. Yeah. Um, because I put in my forty-three years, and people know who I am. Thing is, if they got something up their sleeves, like something around the corner that's going to bring in some real money. I don't want to get thrown out. I don't think there's any contract that says, I don't think if three out of four people, that there's a state contract that says you can get thrown out of the band of three out of three. I don't know what the goddamn law is. All I know is I own 25% of Dictators Incorporated and I get a K-1 on my taxes every year, which is, for those of you that don't know, it's just like, you know, what the what the corporation did tax-wise for that year. And, you know, so that's where it's at with Ross. The one time he called me up was hysterical. It's so Ross. It's hysterical. He doesn't call me up, and I yelled at him. I did yell at him for five minutes. I go, Ross, I lost my fucking job. My relationship broke up. I went to jail. I, I, I lost my bar, and not one of you guys texted me, emailed me, or anything in two years. I go, Ross, how could you fucking do that to me? He's like, I tried to call you three times. I go, I got thousands of fucking calls, thousands of emails, thousands of text messages. Three times, the day he was calling me, was to, there was money that was frozen that we were owed. The dictators were owed like $2,000 each or something. It was frozen. He called me up. Richard, your vote can unfreeze the money. It was, it was about money. That's when he called me up in two years.
0: Yeah, but that, you know that's humanity. That's why forgiveness is like, I use this thing called Ho'oponopono which is this Hawaiian mantra It goes, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And the idea of it is you take responsibility for everything in your field of consciousness. So you don't spend any energy blaming anyone else for anything, even something like that, even if they are wrong, like whatever that means. Like even if you got wronged, and it's especially effective in cases such as that and then you apply that mantra, like you, you hear that mantra, there's there's tons of them on YouTube I could send them to you, and you just listen to it, and you think of all the people in your life and you just sort of send out that, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, because the idea is, even if you manifested somebody wronging you, on some level, you created that. Oh, like, of it, course. Right, so it's like, so it's well, just, no, no, what, no. It, what it does is it liberates you, It just liberates you and it sets you free and it's just like, it's so relieving. Cause I I went through a period years ago where I felt wronged by several really important people in my life and that's how I discovered this mantra. And it really just set me free from all that resentment that I had. I was like living in that weird whirlwind of resentment for years and I just like, life's too short man.
3: Well, they say resentment takes you back to the needle in n <laughs> a. Yeah, you know, but did you yeah. was this from you to you, or did it cross out to
0: them? It, 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 the thing is when you it's a magical, powerful thing because when you practice it enough, it has the effect of like just affecting your life, even like it has the effect of affecting people in your life, even though they don't know you're practicing that.
3: Oh, so it's it's it's, it's you to you, y- you to you, for your own don't, good. You
0: don't you don't say it to them, but you you just get your head into that space. Oh, I go for that. I go yeah. for that. You get your head into that space. So like with this Ross the boss thing or whatever, you're you know you're listening to that mantra and you're applying it to him. And in your heart, you're kind of just like releasing it and just forgiving him, forgiving yourself, taking responsibility for everything in your field of consciousness. And it just has this this effect of of letting you live from inspiration rather than from memory, you know? So like, because st- with, with resentment, you're bogged down in memory and you're bogged down in like what happened and you're bogged down in yeah. the story. But the thing is with humans is, you know, they all, everyone's got a story, and everyone's got a story about you, and you got a story about them, and you think you're right, and they think they're right, and this, that, and the other, and humans are, they're disappointing. They, they just are. Like, the fact that like, you know, somebody doesn't call you while the shit is rough for you, that makes sense, because you know what? They're humans, and that's what humans do, and then they call when they need something. Also, that makes sense, but it's kind of like life's too short to hate people like that, in my opinion.
3: If you know someone for 45 or 50 years.
0: It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong, because you especially if you've been wronged and you think you're right, that's almost the worst kind of trap. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, you're right, but you're going to be miserable by having that story over and over again in your head. It's not going to put you in a good place. It's gonna keep you fucking pissed off and manifesting more things like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Fucking tons of dreams about this. This shit. Yeah, that, Van
3: Zant. Forty years I was his friend. Yeah.
0: So what happened with that? I was. That's what I was listening to right when I got here. So you were. You did little steven's underground. but like it's weird that you're manifesting lots of these betrayals in your life though you have to like as a as a fan of psychology you yeah. have to you have to sort of look at that and go like why am i manifesting oh, absolutely. tons of these absolutely like as, as soon as you like as soon as i see patterns in my life or i keep happening like even if i think they're wrong which i you know i'm no saint i think it all the time but the, but lately when i do it i'm thinking okay why is this happening what am i doing yes so what happened What happened with that? Well, you're you're the
3: X factor in all the equations. You're the constant in all the equations. It's all, you know. Right. Andy and I go back like 40 years. So that's not like a thing or two things or three things. That's a lot of things. We got along when we were drunk, fun kids in a rock band. Right. And I think it all started when I became lead singer. And it just grew. It just always clashes. Every time. All right. Scott. Quickly, I don't. I don't want to go. You know, I, Scott. Quickly, I don't. I don't get. I was sitting on a chair in beautiful Italy. Scott, who would, Scott was my friend since fourth grade, top ten. Uh huh. Fourth grade, 50, 56 years now, and I'm sitting around going. Scott wrote. He got up on stage with us and wrote, "This band's amazing. I think they should keep their name. I don't think Andy should try to take the name away from them. They are what rock and roll's low. He wrote this. I, I saved it. This mm-hmm. beautiful thing. And he was on our side, talking to me all the time. Mm-hmm. And one day, my lawyer goes, "He's gone and to the he dark flipped. side. Yeah, he's he gone, flipped. He's gone to the dark side. He
0: flipped on you.
3: He flipped. And, and 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 the thing is, I sat there with Daniel Ray, who worked with the Ramones. I said, I said, Daniel, why is Scott? He goes, I think you said something."
0: Uh, about his band about
3: your band but i said 55 years we're grown men like scott i would profusely apologize say i don't know what got into me i'm sorry buddy i'm sorry your feelings stick my hand that things will be okay instead nothing ever happened he just he just got angry but you could
0: also write him and say hey man if i hurt your feelings i'm sorry could you could also take the first step
3: i you know i got a friend who's a who's a republican right-wing judge in fresno california Uh and when i tell him the stories he tells me simple in his own words what you're saying right oh no 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 wrong guy i do have a judge friend but this is a guy who was in the uh air force and and and, uh he's a pilot for american airlines yeah and he just quietly went to me you know it's just uh You'd be surprised. Just reach out. Just, like, you know, Absol-
0: Absolutely, man. And I ran life, in... is, life is short and people Should might call Ross right now. Yeah, no, I, mean, I ran it one... on the phone. <laughs> I ran into one of <laughs> he those was on this I yeah, have his number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the guys who was probably so going to block me now that you're on. I mean, this has happened before we get like banned fights and then I get blocked. <laughs> 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 it's happened. I'm not yeah, going to name names, but <laughs> it's like fuck's sake. Anyway, we got no. We as one. I guy love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. <laughs>
2: I was. Friends. it's interesting with all these hardcore new york bands with, yeah that were, that were that were that created all these trends even like the ramones and, and they have had, music that's so punk rock. The, they, there's always these food feelings that that they never managed to get over like the and, and 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 the fans the fans still want to listen to your music or Mags like you said or whatever, and it's just like the, the, the egos or whatever's in play can't just be set aside. And for the and it's music because of money, When, the, when yeah, there's money. a lack of money, even Black that, Flag. that
0: makes things harder, too. Like if there's a lot of money for everybody, that, that solves a lot. Like with Metallica, they can bring in a therapist yeah. and then go, no, but you know. You, what
2: you talked reminded me of Keith and Henry Rollins' Black Flag and Flag and the name and this. It's all over the place. Mm-hmm with all these influential bands.
3: Left to my own devices, I always would have thought way, way, way back before things got evil, that me and Andy made a great team, and then he started disrespecting me. He even told Little Steven that Richard doesn't take his craft seriously. I have no respect how he works. Put me down, put me down, put me down. Little Steven comes to me. This is Andy Shernoff in a nutshell. Little Steven comes to me and goes, I'll give you $10,000 to play three songs at the 2004 Underground Garage Festival in Randall's Island. I said, okay. I was in Florida with my family on vacation. And he goes, I'll do it under one circumstance.
0: For five grand.
3: Well, yes. He he wanted the five. Well, he wanted five because even though we were brothers (laughs) for years, we still owed him thousands of dollars for producing The Dictators. Right. Him. So, all right, so I'm still getting money. Okay. And... I you couldn't can't mention
0: me- Manitobas. I know the story. How do you know the fucking thing? <laughs> because tell you it. tell the story. <laughs> let him tell it. Okay, Where ahead. do I tell it?
3: <laughs> I don't know. Tell it now. Okay. <laughs> I'm listening. I couldn't mention Manitobas. <laughs> I said, why? And so I feed my kid <laughs> because it's going to take your, your, your focus away from the show. We're doing three songs, Andy. So we go like that. So what I did was... I got everybody like Big Pussy. Everybody, uh, what's his name who passed away uh, mm. from California? Fucking great, great guy.
0: Candafini. Yeah.
3: No, no, no. The guy did OOP 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 from 1962. I can't believe, I can't think of people's names. He's uh, he, the, the Runaways. Uh huh. I know
0: that song though. That per-
3: OOP. Yeah, that was him. That was the Hollywood Argyles. Uh oh, Trip, <laughs> Fuck! God damn it! Kim Fowley. Kim Fowley. Okay, so he had dictator t-shirt on, Big Pussy mm-hmm. had Dictator's. My old lady came with all her girlfriends. Not
0: Dictator's shirts, Manitoba shirts.
3: Manitoba shirts. Old lady came with all her girlfriends. <laughs> I had people announcing. Right after the show, all I wanted to say was one line. Right after the show, um, after show party at Manitoba's bar. That's all I wanted. And, and he was like, not do the show if I said that. So I got everyone else to say it. And he was pissed off at the... Uh, and that was the kind of thing with like, you know, you know, I, I travel with the MC5 and, you know, I think Rob Tyner got pushed around a bit. And I know Joey got pushed around a bit.
0: Joey Ramone. Yeah.
3: And, you know, like it's like uh, lead singers. I don't know. We get we get pushed around. Sometimes. Cause we all the well, attention. they're the
0: sensitive types. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. I, I kind of feel like I get pushed around a little bit here and there, too
2: we get all the attention. The Ramones never changed the lead singer as opposed to let's say Cro-Mags and uh, Black Flag. Ramones never what? change the lead singer. Can't replace Joey. Like no. but like in your band there was a there was a rotation in the lead singer In Black Flag there was a rotation in the lead singer. All these few Well Joey started Cro- out as a drummer. Cro-Mags had a change in the lead singer. There's a bunch of other ones uh, that you guys just mentioned. There's always like The lead lead singer syndrome
3: that keeps changing and with the feuds that go on. How about the Davies Brothers? How about how about about the uh, Gallagher Oasis? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And on and on and on.
0: Yeah. But I mean, what would be an interesting experiment if you'd started working with the Ho'oponopono mantra just within yourself and see the way it affects those relationships without even you ever reaching out like I would do. It's an interesting. Experiment. That it, it would do. It actually does wild shit. It, it's, it's shocking. Joe swears by it. Yeah. But so what happened with Little Steven Underground Garage? Because you were the DJ there for, for how long? Listen,
3: I was there 14 years.
0: 14, 14 years. I'll,
3: I'll say this, and I hope everyone hears it. I'm pretty sure I made more money than any other DJ there. Matter of fact, I talked to one of the guys who's
0: We real... had Michael DeBar on the podcast here. Yeah. And he's, he's working with that, with Little Stevens Yeah, but he, he does
3: so, it from LA. You know, everybody... I worked mm. with people 14 years. Nobody fucking called me. Nobody. got Did You have I'm, your own show. Well, what happened? I had my own show on Little Stephen's Underground Garage. Yeah. Right? What was it called? The Handsome Dick Manitoba Program. And what were you like playing?
2: What kind I of? I
3: play. You play his songs, but you know. Um, his lit. His. See, playlist. everybody, and serious has to do things by very rigid, robotic what ways. They? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm asking. With time, with us, we. I mean, Steve was. Unbelievably great. I say, Steve, do you mind if I go on the road? He goes, You got two weeks paid vacation, go on the road as much as you want. So, what I would do is I would do these three week vacations, so I would three week uh, tours. So, I would do um three weeks of pay on tour, mm-hmm. and I would take you know, if it was four weeks, I would take a week vacation and do like a week in advance, and so I would never lose out money. He did the thing is, I was on the best, I was the only four hour DJ. I was on drive time in LA. Ninety five percent of those of, of serious radio is on cars, more cars in LA than any other city in America. Mm-hmm. So I was on five to nine in LA and, and eight to twelve in um, New York. And I was on for fourteen years. According to Andy, what he said on the podcast was, I saw emails that Steve sent to Richard. If you keep fucking up, you're out of here. If you keep fucking up, you're Meanwhile What I,
0: what was you fucking up?
3: I, whatever, Steve. Whenever Steve thought I fucked up, whatever.
0: And you he, don't, you have no idea what it was. Well, he did the Jewish at the, uh, star thing. or Two something.
2: things. Should we get One, little Stephen on the phone right now? Yeah,
3: okay. He won't talk to me. He didn't. <laughs> have I don't time. have his number. No. I, I <laughs> sent him an email two years later, a loving email, and he just ignored me.
2: He does live around the corner from me. I know he lives
3: at church. I know where he door, lives. So yeah. what happened? Well, the I don't know all those bad things he's talking about. As the years went by. Like one time, I I said bad things about Mickey Lee, who was my old friend Joey Ramon's brother. I said bad things about him. He says you can't do that on my station. Like I'm friends with him. I said I was friends with him for years, but blah 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 blah. I'm friends with Charlotte, Joey's mother. I was Wait, friends.
0: Mickey with Lee is Joey Ramon's brother, brother,
3: and Charlotte was Joey's mother. And Charlotte came to my kid's first birthday party and brought him a beautiful gift. And I was friends with Mickey for twenty five years. And another one, and then you know, boom. But but it. I said something bad about Mickey, he made me apologize, I apologize. Then this idiot, I won't even mention his name, he owned owned the worst rock bar ever in New York City. This idiot who walks around with this stupid hat, you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) This guy right here? No, far
0: more that stupid. looks. <laughs> Joe is
3: wearing a fabulous hat for those. I love the it color. There. It's
0: like uh, I know. I got it. I got it on Halloween. It was going to be my Halloween. My costume. friend
3: Cavanaugh, Patrick Cavanaugh, makes great
0: hats. Yeah, I know you're talking about the guy that wears the Asian hat. I don't oh, know. I don't I know. know the guy, yeah, but I yeah, see yeah, him yeah. walking around. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. He motherfucked me. I don't want to get. It's too many stories. It's like there's, there's like too much stories. resentment. Yeah, but what's four stories about him?
0: Wars going on.
3: Wait a minute. I went to play his club. He threw this big party. Mm-hmm. The party was a failure. He promised me let's let's just say for a number two thousand dollars. They said, listen, it's it's not doing so good. Can I give you a thousand? I go okay. He goes, listen, I'm really hurting. Would you guys take like six fifty something like that? I went, all right. And then he goes, listen, I, I, would you do it for nothing? And I go, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, no, do, you know, no, I don't work for nothing if it's. Um, my cousin with cancer, a free concert or something. Right. I'm not working for you for nothing. I, I went down 75%. And um, so this guy who was a mine, um, is, is a friend of mine, is a friend of mine, guitar player, and uh, he wrote this evil thing about about him. And I just, I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world.
0: And All you read did, it on air?
3: No, he wrote it on, online.
0: Yeah, but you read it on no, air? Like, I copied
3: okay. and pasted it on one of my personal pages. Oh, okay. Copied and pasted it. Yeah. Said, this is from my friend. Right. This guy got so mad at me, he called up Steven right. to tell me to take it down. And then on the top of his club, you know how you have like, like hours, beers, you know, the different little categories. He had, he had a me category where he motherfucked me to death
0: right
3: he had a me category he, he's so evil and then and then um where where would we get started with this well i, knew, I mean, what happened with little steven oh little <laughs> steven <laughs> yeah. so steven so like i had apologized to him so it's like every year he, he would go to every year i got to fucking kick your ass and bah, 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 i not i forget remember this i know steven since 1978 uh-huh. i've invited him to my parties he's invited me i sat at in his at his wife's birthday party with with uh, David Chase, you know, and 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 my old lady and we did a great time. I mean, you know, we were we were, he, he he owned Manitobas for by for the most part mm-hmm. and um and he'd come by all the time. He said let's go out to dinner, let's go to a Broadway show like
0: You guys were good friends.
3: We were pals. Yeah. We were pals, respect, respect. Mm-hmm. Then um, the, the, all the shit hit the fan. Oh, I guess I don't know what Andy's talking about. All these I saw the. He was like so happy. He was like this happy guy that I was in pain. <laughs> I saw the emails. I saw Steve hate Richard, and um, the funny thing is, Steve and Scott used to make fun of uh, Steve. Uh, Andy and Scott used to make fun of Steve. I used to go up to them. You know, Fellas, do me a favor. You're grown ups. You can do whatever you want. You can talk however you want. But Steve is a god to me. The way he's treated me. So when I'm in the room, please don't do it. Do it when I'm not around. Like they he doesn't know that. Steve didn't know what was going on in the East Village. Steve didn't know that 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 Mickey Lee came into 2A where I worked in the 90s for for 5 years and 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 just talked shit about his brother. And things got good when he died.
1: Oh Steve, really?
3: Yes, Steve didn't know that, that he motherfucked his brother a million times. And if I said, dude, dude, you're my friend. I like you. Joey's my friend. I like him. These are deep waters. I don't want to get involved. Mm. Please. Oh, he tried to make that. Well, so you don't you don't understand my side? Like stuff like that.
0: I didn't know that Joey Ramone had a brother named Mickey Lee. That's interesting.
3: Well, it's Mick, Mitchell Hyman. Mm. You know,
0: okay, Richie, Richie
3: Blum.
2: Hyman?
0: Right.
3: Hyman. Yeah.
0: That
2: was my grandfather.
0: So you were friends with the Ramones. Oh yeah, I was
3: good friends with Joey. Yeah. I was, uh, I, w- I was pals with the rest of them. Um, Tommy and I had the same birthdays. What bit-
0: just by growing up in the East Village or living in the East? Well, you grew no, up in we, the Bronx, we there was but- a
3: legendary club in Queens called the 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 Coventry where the Dolls played some of their last shows and we opened up for them and, and that's some great like like Soul and it was a really great club on Queens Boulevard. Right down the block was a titty bar c- called the Merry-Go-Rounds, like three poles and girls dancing and we're drinking beers. Then on the other side was the White Castle, so we were in heaven. Oh like so, I love White Castle. So, oh, White Castle. Dude. I used to
2: eat that in the Bronx. Do you have Dude.
3: a tat- tattoo? Oh my God. White Castle tattoo. This and then guy. I got Fred Blassie, the wrestler, above him sharpening his teeth. So. So the on
0: tattoos, of- dude. I, I've been thinking about getting tattoos again too because I got a bunch. But I went and then priced some out. This is an aside. It was like these two I wanted to get. It's like seven hundred bucks. It's like, man, tattoos are expensive. It that's depends it. where you go to. It's expensive. Anyway, if you know a guy, I know I mean, a guy. He's very oh, expensive, but he's it's like expensive. It, it's like, I, I wanna... mean, that's
3: I mean, look at the work he does. Who's yeah, that? That's nice. It's my son. Oh, it says "Mi hijo, mi corazon." My son, my heart, my heart. <clears throat> and you also had a in time tattoo that I saw that I liked. Yeah. Jewish bar mitzvah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it was uh, Jack Kirby. Grew up on the Lower East Side. Yeah. His name was uh, Benjamin J. Grimm. Yeah. And he was, you know, love is blind. His girlfriend Alicia was
0: blind. Big comic book guy. So you were so you were friends with the Ramones? Very, very
3: good friends. Good friends with the Ramones. Very good friends with Joey. But if you want to finish the Steve thing up. Yeah because I never want to motherfuck that guy. My best friend and the godfather to my child told me, don't put Steve down, all right? Because I wrote something where I said, like, man, he's really polar. I called him polar because... Bipolar? No, just polar. I don't know if there's a difference. No, I don't. No, because he was always the same, giving, loving, giving, loving, giving. And then he decided, I'm doing wrong things. Maybe I'm doing wrong things at the bar. Maybe I'm doing wrong things here. Then with the girl... You know, where I went to jail, he called me a a bully and a bigot. And the way he called me a bigot is this this was the beginning of my end. It's serious. This I mean, this is my stupidity and the only dreams I have and sadness I have and going back that I do is because it's like it's like it's like De Niro in jail and raging bulls. Stupid, 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 punching the wall, stupid, 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 stupid. (laughs) And I, I can't get over that stupid, and how stupid I was. Did a job that's so much money, for um, twenty hours
0: a week. Right.
3: And another two or three years in retirement. man, mean, you know, would have Makes made life a big life. difference. But I see. I got to stop going back. That's part well, of.
0: But well, that's the ho'oponopono. pono It'll no, release what you from was- De Niro in the jail. That's what it is.
3: That well, what happened was the mistake, which I haven't told you yet. Okay. Was the bathrooms were being fixed on the thirty sixth floor, so I go up to thirty seven, and I see this girl's desk, and it's emblazoned with Palestinian stuff. So I took a marker, you know, one of those markers that you highlight, that like you could go like that, and it's off on the side, not on her pictures or anything. And it wasn't a picture of her family; it was like you know, the the wacky world of Palestine. And uh, I drew a, a little quarter-sized Jewish star on the desk. My son, who's so much smarter than me, said, Dad, there's fucking cameras everywhere. So I went to the bathroom. I got a call from, what do they call it, AR? Or, you know, HR. 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 Did you do that? I go, yes, I did. They go, well, it was weird, Richard, because you put your soda down. You did it. The whole thing was like 17 seconds. I said, so how much like, how much badness in my heart did I have? I'm more than willing to... To, to say to the woman, you're safe. Please, I will never bother you again. It was just a quick, stupid thing I did. I have a family, I, blah, 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 blah. And she, they said, you, she, you know, she doesn't care that you have a family. And three days later, they fired me straight mm. up. So uh, Steve said he went, and Steve's the president of the company. Steve is the godfather to his children. That's how close he is. Mm. And he went to like the big President shots. President serious. Yeah, he yeah. went to the big shots on top. He said, "For three days, I fought for you. It's like I couldn't get nowhere." Mm. And then this is where he got mad at me, and he never talked to me again. And this is this is where I say he's polar, like because like now here's the thing: understand that I do understand this. It's not all like you know he hurt me. I'm a victim. I'm not a victim. I'm a strong, motherfucker, mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. I'm no fucking victim. But I have two feelings. One is what he did was to me like I went to jail for 10 years for an ounce of pot.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But, and I wrote a song about this where he was right, actually. He's the boss. He can do whatever the fuck oh, he And he wants. battled
0: for you and he couldn't flip him. So no, but he, but, he, he also has somebody he has to answer but, no, to. No, but that's
3: not, that's not why he fired. That's not uh. why he got mad at me. He has a certain way about him. I think he thinks he's like a real soprano. He has a certain way about him.
0: Well, being in the Sopranos that long would probably have an effect. Dude, I can mention I, you know, I can go see Rocky and suddenly I'm a boxer. You know, if I was in the Sopranos for how yeah. many years, I would definitely <laughs> I would definitely be carrying a little of that with me for the rest of my life. Oh. I think he
3: like <laughs> he was best friends best friends with uh The guy from the Plasmatics. Uh, um, Why can't you guys help me? Black guy with the. That's who's job. Black guy with the blonde mohawk.
0: Plasmatics. Plasmatics. Black
3: guy with the blonde mohawk. Well done. I can't think of his name. That's only because when I'm on the air, I can't think of names.
0: Maybe that's why you got fired. I'm just kidding.
3: oh i was so good on the air i could i would totally like fuck up and just make fun of myself and mm-hmm. you know anyway they were they were crazy glued together never saw him apart for five years one day i never saw him again i asked everybody in the office i said we can't talk about it so it's like that then i don't know the details of this but he was doing this 40-year reunion they never played for 40 years of the rascals he had a problem with one of the guys. I heard they, you know, he's got, I mean, he in his world, he's got his fights. And I'm sure he thinks he's right, and someone else is a motherfucker. So it's like, really, everybody Human does nature.
0: it. nature, everybody has it.
3: Everybody has it. So the thing was, he said, this is what we're doing. We're not calling a press conference. We're, we're gonna tell people that Richard left to follow his music career. I got like 15 emails like the next day. Like, what do you mean? Richard's working on music. He's working on songs. He's doing this. He's, he is following his musical career. What do you mean he left it? And I sent three emails to Stephen and to the president saying, fellas, please, can we not say I left to follow my musical career? It's so lame to say that. Can we come up with something better? They never answered me. They, like, I was like a 60-year-old guy at the time, 62, whatever. And they, to me, that's, that's a slap in the face. They never answered me. They ignored my pleas. So I went online, you know. I did this the wrong thing. I should have just ate it. I went online and uh, and I talked about this Jewish storm and the Palestinian thing, and he he was like furious, like that I didn't do what he said. Oh, to say that I I'm leaving to, to my musical. So career. you told
0: the truth about what happened, basically.
3: Yeah, and and
0: why why wouldn't they want you to do that? Like, it seems to me. That's not any dirt on them. That's something you did, you got in trouble for it. The story doesn't seem, to me, to hear the story, it doesn't like reflect badly on little Steven, to me. like Just hearing it, it's like he went to bat for you, the guy said no, and then it was like, sorry bud. But that's
3: that's the interesting thing you bring up. That's personal. Mm. What bothered him more than the Star of David, where he went to fight for me, was that I didn't listen to the way he said you're leaving.
0: Right. And I went online. But it was a, like a lame but, excuse, like you and said. Here's
3: my, so. And a lot of people don't anyway. agree with this. It's like, okay, let's have a Palestinian desk here. I want a Jewish desk over there. Hey, what's the guy who was in the Ku Klux Klan? And he was in, in Congress.
0: David Duke.
3: David Duke. I want, how about, I want, it's not against the law. I want a picture of David Duke and I want and I want Southern flags. Why not? Why not? Let's keep every fucking thing off. Have a picture of your family, you know, if the Palestinians have Like, have, have it be very, very personal. It's like, don't be political in, a, in, a, in an office like that because if everybody was political, everybody would be banging heads. Like, that, that's offensive. To, that, uh, uh, that would be offensive to but me. But it's
0: on her desk. She can, can't she express herself how she wants sure. to be on her desk? Sure, and I the mean, danger with like that is... Like, if you had a desk with Jewish stars all over it, I don't think anybody would be mad about that. Yeah, but the thing is, but then if somebody like vandalized, your but a death, black
3: is a black guy allowed to be mad at Southern flags and David Duke?
0: That's different.
3: It, it, is well, it why? If so, if that's what somebody believes in, the there are there are many millions of Americans that believe in the Southern flag and David Duke, and they voted for George Wallace, and it's part of America as much as it's an ugly part of America. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's it's volatile. Right. So I say keep it down to family dogs. You know, you want to put your little Palestinian flag, your little Jewish flag, you know, keep a little corner or something. Have this fucking, like, big thing and It's, it's uh, not titillating, but it's, it's, it's almost aggressive. It's almost like, you know, if I had a Jewish thing next to it. Provocative. Or, uh, provocative. Thank you. We got a word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second.
3: So, so that's why he was mad. Then he said to me, I'm a bigot, which I don't understand because I think he's pro-Israel. Uh, I don't and then he says I'm a bully and the only thing I could rethink why he's a bully is is because of the fight I got in with my my son's mother and you know um I gladly not put her down and tell you what happened if you want to know or if that's not right for your show I understand
0: oh it, feel free
3: it's your story it's hurt my career terribly mm-hmm. And why it's hurt my career terribly, I think my friend down in in Nashville put it very succinctly. He said, Richard, Richard, in Rolling Stone, in Variety, in everything that counts in the world you live in in music, the last big thing you did wasn't an album. The last big thing you did wasn't marrying, uh, you um, you know, Bridget Butler or whatever. The last big thing you did wasn't, the last big thing people saw was that you were in jail, And you had a fight with a woman, and you hit a woman, and and you go down Google, there'll be six or seven things, and then like a couple of those. It's not really on the top top, but it's there. And if I told 100 people that at the end, when it was over, of course, the bad news is on page two, the good news is on page 26. If I told people that I pled guilty to disorderly conduct, I'd say nine out of 10 people would just go, Richard fucked up, right? But they don't know what disorderly conduct is. My lawyer called me up. This great Jewish lawyer I got. He's a kickboxer. He's an old school fucking tough guy. And he looked at the paperwork when I went down to his office. And he went, Richard, this, the, this is the world of me too. This is absolute bullshit. And he knew who she was. And he knew who I was. And that's important. This is absolute bullshit. So I felt really good. So we went to court once. The, the judge was this really mean woman. You know, like like what happened was things were boiling up and she wasn't the most faithful person in the world by a long, 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 long time. She got
0: from. into an altercation with your son, right? Well,
3: oh, you're good. <laughs> you're a good kid. Um, well, what happened was I ran, I just walked away from her because she was basically not being loyal for a very long time and would, and I'm not going to guess how many people, but this one was the big one. And she said something to me while she was drunk. And there are people like my friend, Bob, um, um, he just put a book out, Uh, Bob Duncan, uh, who's from San Francisco. He just put a book out. He's a great writer, great guy.
0: What's the book called? Bob Duncan. Duncan.
3: Yeah, oh it's a great book. He wrote a book called the, in the <laughs> he wrote a book in the 70s. Um it's called look. something about there was a whole chapter on me when I was an addict. Me and my girl going getting up 17 times during dinner to call to see if our, our dealer was in yet.
0: Um Don't you love drugs? Huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the things drugs make you do.
3: It's it crazy. probably in a, yeah, just look it up. It's Loudmouth or something.
0: Bob Duncan. What is it? As a, a, a it's, novel? Oh, oh, it's 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 or ro- poetry or rock? No, it's rock
2: and roll. roll. Loudmouth. Loud novel mouth. By loud. Robert yeah. Duncan.
0: Now, a novel.
3: Here's a drinker with a good sense of humor. He's had five Guinness in my in my bar. He's with six or seven friends visiting from San Francisco. He goes, listen, everybody, I wanted to get you guys together. Because I didn't want to do it with I wanted to do it with the the humanity of being with each other rather than online. But I have to go in for a little bit of a surgery. And and everyone's Bob, you okay? Yes, I'm okay, but that's why I'm telling you now in person, because I don't want you to worry. I want you to look at my face and not worry. Okay? I'm going, I'm gonna be in twenty-four hours, everything's gonna be fine. But what kind of operation is it? What could I this guy had five years? He goes, have To get a penis reduction operation, so that He's to joking. me, what
0: joking, he was joking, right? Well,
3: I maybe
0: <laughs> I never, I, I mean, I never how checked. How big could it be? I never checked, okay. But
3: the point is, that to me is a good drunk. He's a, he, I just want to have fun and, and be with my friends. My old lady, two drinks, you know, she had like in American Indian blood in her. Supposedly, mm-hmm. American Indians can't
0: deal with alcohol very well, and the alcoholism thing,
3: and uh. She, you know, she was like saying to me, you know what, she said something to me like, it's possible to to be in love with two people at the same time. And that's when, that was like, okay, this last 16 years just came to a halt. Mm. And I just- How long ago was this? This was uh, 2018.
0: So not long ago. Really, considering it was a long relationship and she's the mother of your child. and Well,
3: was it 2018, February 2018, February 2019, February 2020? Yeah, it'll be three years, February 2021, yeah. So I stormed off, went home. She came home later, drunk. And uh, my son said this. My son, I he told me that, mom was really, really screaming. I woke up and she looked like ferocious. And I just said, don't you dare touch him. And then supposedly he said she pushed him against the door. The front door, I live in this building from 1964. The front door is like brick shit houses, like like metal. Mm-hmm. So she pushed him against, she didn't smash his head but she pushed him hard against the door according to his words. He went to school and then I woke up and then um, what happened was, um, when I woke up, like, I, I had worked for 16 years and she had worked for zero. And I said, I want you to learn how to become a writer. I want you to spend five, six hours a day sitting at that table. That's what you want to do. That's what your father did successfully all his life. I want you to become a writer. So, I'll work, we're making enough money, we can be comfortable. We went on vacations every year for two weeks. So, um what happened was she lost her iPhone. If you know anything about iPhones, like if you lose it and there's 10 months left of payments, you got to keep paying it for 10 months. So let's say there was $400 left to pay, right? You have to pay it. So she had no money. So I see $400 sticking out of her boyfriend's book. He's a writer. She actually, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's, 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 from what I understand, he's a very respected, well-known writer. From San writer. Francisco. In L.A. No, 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 that was, that's my buddy.
0: Oh, okay, LA. from L.A. I,
3: and I said, let me take 200. Could I put 200 toward the 400 and then I don't have to make payments for like four months for like your thing. She goes, give me my money back. I go, listen, I it, it like I've never asked you for any money in 16 years. It's like, you lost your phone. I'm paying off the phone and you have 400. You keep 200 and let me help me get rid of your bill. Just help me. And you still have 200. She goes, give me my fucking money. She's in front of me. So she got, gets right in my face. <clears throat> and she winds up. And her hands are bigger than mine. She has like the this, this Seinfeld episode when he was, went on a date. And he goes, she has man hands. She, had giant, she, she was 140, 145 pounds. It's like 5'8". She had big, powerful hands. And she smashes me in the ear smashes me in the ear, smashes me in the ear, smashes me in the ear, smashes me in the ear. I bit her nose. Mm. So people laugh at that, right? <laughs> I, I bit her nose, there was a mark. Now, if my son understands the law, depending on every depth of damage, it's more of a crime. If you break someone's nose, it's a different crime. If you leave a permanent mark, it's a different crime. If you leave a little marker left, which went away, it's very mild. <clears throat> so she calls the cops. I'm trying to call the cops at the same time. Five cops come up. I know all of them. I'm friends with all of them. I live down the block. I've been going to cop meetings for 20 years from Manitoba's bar. So I know everybody.
0: This is in the East Village? Yeah,
3: the f- that ninth Precinct. I know everybody there for 20 years. Even the retired guys. I got like 12 of them. I meet them. I don't drink, but I go out drinking with them like when they come to town. Mm-hmm. So... They come up. They tell the story. They look at her nose. They look at my ears. And by the way, the next day we were. Uh, the, the next day, my son looked at my ears. He said, "Your ears are really red." But they didn't. That didn't count like this. She, the girl, made the call. The girl had the mark, and she said she grabbed me by my throat. To me, I don't think I grabbed it by my throat like to choke her. I think I just was like grabbed it like that. Like you'd push somebody in their chest. I just went like that. Mm. Supposedly the next week she went out a week later to one of these like all night, like, you know, come on in, walk in doctor's doors. <laughs> and she wore like a harness around her shoulder cause I so savagely beat her. So all my life I had wondered about the tombs. That's what you hear about the tombs. You're in the system, your tombs. This motherfucker handcuffed me fingerprinted me, took me down to the tombs. For some reason, I wasn't nervous. I don't know if I should say this on the air, but I was hipped by certain people.
0: Hipped? Hipped. To how to deal with it?
3: Yes. Like when you first get in there, you're gonna see a lady at a desk, and she's gonna ask you questions like really fast. Are you on any drugs? Are you on any medication? Do you have any disorder? Do you have this? Like that. And they're the department of correction. And if you say yes to anything, you go to Bellevue for 24 hours and back to the tombs. <clears throat> so I said, No, 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 no. So then they. Good information me- right there.
1: <laughs> they walked me upstairs.
3: They walked me upstairs and uh, I'm in jail. I'm in fucking jail. And I still wasn't nervous. And there was metal bunks around the perimeter of the jail. Everyone was sleeping except this young black kid about 21. And this uh, Spanish kid, about 35, he was laying down, relaxing. The black kid was freaking out because he thought he was going to go to Rikers. And, you know, that's like pure, like new meat in Rikers. Mm. And he kept asking me. And, you know, I don't fucking know. But I try to make the – I felt bad for the kid. I said, kid, listen, you jumped a few turns. I was I really don't think they want you in Rikers. I don't know for sure. But I just calm down, all right? Relax. Because I don't he think he was he's in going. for jump and turn style. Something like that. Some right. minor shit. I don't know what the Spanish kid was in. But all I know is why was I comfortable? I was like OG. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like I'll walk down the street with my son, and black guys will go, yo, little one, pay attention to OG, because he knows his shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because because I do, because I grew up in playgrounds in the Bronx. I'm 66 years old, you know, so I, I earn these stripes. So I think they just respected me. You know, I was like an older guy. I was like cool, calm. I had tattoos, whatever. So we're talking. We have nice conversations between the three of us. Here comes the funny part. So they're about to... What they hand you is a a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like in England, you close the bread, you can't see the peanut butter and jelly. Mm -hmm. Then they give you like a third grade cup of eight ounce milk and a banana. (laughs) (laughs) So then... So then I, I ate the shit, I ate it. What the fuck, let me fill my stomach up. I don't know when the next time I'm gonna eat. Right. So I'm there for about an hour and a half. But here's the good part. The two cops that brought me in, I know, were like sleeping already upstairs, outside the DA's office. And this is what they said. They said, look, the DA's gonna call you in. You could talk to the DA, or you don't have to talk to the DA. You understand, Richie, you could talk to the DA, And they went like this. Or you don't have to talk to the DA. So I went, okay, I understand. It's up to me, I understand. they were trying to
0: tell you not to talk to the DA. Uh,
3: Well, (laughs) what they said was you could talk to the DA or you could not talk to the DA. You could talk to the DA or you could not talk to the DA. They were letting me know my choices and I got the feeling, I got the feeling. Mm That it would be better for me not to talk to the DA, Right. because I mean, after all, the DA wants to be against me, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like sleeping on the bench because we're there two hours. You know what the good part of this? I'm 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 uh, handcuffed to a chair for two hours. You know the good part? It's time served. If not for that, and I went right down to jail, I'd be there four hours instead of two hours. I was in jail, so I go to jail for two hours. I go like this to the bars, and I go, Richard. If this isn't your wake-up call, then you're the dumbest person in the world.
0: Wake-up call for what?
3: For getting your life together.
0: But you were already sober.
3: That's part of getting your life together. You no, can still fuck up your life.
0: I understand that. So, like, what did you mean, like, by just being in a toxic relationship? Yeah, toxic
3: relationship, and um, and what I do a lot in therapy is like, why. Like why?
0: Why are you manifesting this
3: toxic relationships? Yeah. Why? Like uh, my first therapist I had, who was amazing. She said, "Why are you going out with someone who's on this and who does this and who does this?" Mm-hmm. I said, "I don't know. I'm just really. She was really hot, and I was really attracted to her, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know. So so. I saw a phone booth in the jail. And I had a quarter in my pocket. Oh shit! A phone booth. Spanish guy goes, "Yo, Holmes, fifty cents," and he flips me a quarter. So I go, "Great, thanks, bro." And then this little black woman comes by, and goes, "Manitoba, come on, let's go." And I go, "Oh, I was just, just let's go right now." So I just go, "All right, yo, bro, thanks." It's like I gave it back to him. So then they take me into a tiny, 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 tiny cell with two other guys, and then I get the free lawyer come by in 20 minutes and there's a phone booth in there but now i only had a quarter
0: (laughs) you should have kept it
3: right so i talked to the lawyer really cute little jewish girl with a pierced nose and curly blonde hair and i'm still not scared all my life i'm gonna be scared tombs i'm gonna be scared you know when i got scared and i've been in this situation five times in my life when i walked into court Mm-hmm. that motherfucker that comes out, sits on that bench, has your life in her or his hands. So my lawyer comes over to me and whispers in my ear, I didn't know that I'm dealing with punk rock royalty. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, the the um, court stenographer, he's a dictator's fan. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, too bad the judge isn't. So the judge basically mm. threw me fucking to the wolves and uh, that was another song i was gonna write that my friend who just wrote this book said said that's a great idea for a, for a story a song a book it's called 93 days uh that's how many days i was out of my house wow. that i own and i was not allowed to go by there i was not allowed to do this this lasted for two years she put a, a thing a thing on me against her for two years Restraining order? restraining order? Yeah. 90, so
0: 93 days you weren't allowed to go to your crib?
3: I went to a Brooklyn, <clears throat> Brooklyn Hotel for but a few days. But you didn't days. have to go
0: to jail. Or you was no, time served.
3: No, not unless I fucked up. Right. I went to Brooklyn Hotel for a few days, friend's house in in uh, Jackson Heights for a few days, uh, one of my bartenders' house in, in Brooklyn for a few days, um, back to his house, back here, back here. And then my good friend Tom Clark is a great musician. He asked Jesse about him. I know
0: Tom Clark. Great fucking, musician.
3: I, I I threw I threw a big party for all my like lawyer friends, cop friends, doctor friends. all my friends that. Did you stay
0: me. at Tom's house in the East Village? Seventy-one days. Wow! I went to uh, Thanksgiving last year at his place. He throws a Thanksgiving party.
3: He invited me. Great, g- great
0: house. His house or apartment or whatever. Used to
3: have a house right over the Manhattan Bridge in Brooklyn. Like, as you got over the bridge, if you look to the left, there were these, like, old shacky-looking houses, probably from the 30s. Yeah. He lived there for, like, 18 years. And his upstairs neighbor, here we go with the names, was uh, Everybody Who Dies Dies.
0: Jim Carroll.
3: His upstairs neighbor was Jim Carroll. And he threw parties. That was his, it was famous for Wow. Those. And I didn't go to that one. He didn't invite me to that one.
0: Well, so, so don't, uh, don't cop a resentment on him. No, I'm
3: not, I'm not. Yeah, it I might have been enough. last minute. I got enough. I got one more guy I stopped talking to, after he had a kid, he became somebody. I, I, he was a great guy, and he had a kid, and I couldn't be around him anymore. But that was a different thing. That was just like I can't be around him anymore. He's he's too nuts with his kid. So she said ninety three days. I moved around. Thank God for Tom Clark. He Amazing
0: on, that he let you stay there for seventy. Seventy. We only
3: got in like two arguments, and and he was such a. Well, hey, listen, you know. I mean, I do loving things back. When Tom broke his fibula, <clears throat> he's so fucking hard-headed, he wouldn't go get, get uh, uh, welfare. I said, Tom, that's what welfare is for. It's for people that work, want to work, and can't work. Right. And he wouldn't do it. So we threw a big, like Patty Smith, Lenny Kay, we raised a few thousand dollars for him, and we helped him. Right. You know? And Tom and I were always like that. There's always a lot of love between me and Tom. You yeah. Know? And um he put me up for seventy one days in his he gave me his bed. He slept on the couch. It was like when I came came time to thanking everybody, I had a sheet of paper at this big expensive party I threw at, at um the Beauty in Essex or one of those one of Chris Santos' places, I got to Tom and I, I started crying. I, I, I couldn't hold back the tears because because he did that for me. Yeah. And uh so the end of the story with this is um, I started taking drugs again, pills, because they were always around the house, and one of my psychologists said, I can't believe you didn't take it in 15 years, um, and then I started taking pills on and off for a year and a half, and then I stopped, and then I said really nasty things like, I hate your fucking guts, get the fuck out of here, and, um, and she did. She goes, I pushed you, you pushed me into another man's arms. So all her girlfriends who are like 50 years old, they're like, that's such bullshit. That's your son. That's a guy who has 16 years of supported you. She's a tough girl. She's a streetwise girl. You stand up and you go, fuck you. You took the pills. You know what I mean? I didn't take them. You didn't have to take them. It's like, I'm not fucking going anywhere. And you know what? I would have backed down. I was just letting steam off because I never wanted to get high again. And I'm back five years even though the weird thing is, it's thirty-six years without a drink, and I had a ball for twenty years. But in the middle of my thirty-six
0: years, that's wild. I, that's I incredible.
3: Took, I took drugs for a year and a half. So then.
0: That's well, one day at a time. Yeah. Then the, I'm it's back. It's always one day at a time.
3: I'm back. Everything in life is one day. We at all a have time. one day. And and then uh, the best phone call I got after all this, Michigas, was um, my lawyer going, Richard. I got some good news. Wait, let me get coffee. I'm in bed. So I went and get my coffee. What is it? He goes, you're going to get $100. You're going to go to court. And you're going to plead guilty to disorderly conduct. If you went into a bar and you started screaming and yelling, acting like a nut. That's
0: what you are Screaming and
3: yelling, acting like a nut. And they call the cops. And you were screaming, yelling, acting like, like a nut. They would take you outside. They would talk to you. Say, listen, we don't want to lock you up. But we're giving you a ticket. It's called disorderly conduct. It's called a violation it's not called a crime. And that was his not goal. A misdemeanor. With me. I never committed a crime in my life. I committed a violation. But the interesting thing that my son tells me to me, it's interesting Marines, you have to be such a friggin' perfect person to get in. If you were ever arrested, which I was, you can't get in the Marines.
0: Arrested. So you're never gonna be a Marine. Not at this stage. You'll be all right. Or
2: a president for that. Matter. No,
3: the Marine is... That's going to be when he graduates, I'm going to get proud father of a Marine, of a mm-hmm. U.S. Marine. That's what I'm going to get. That's the second one.
0: So you and him been living together since that fallout? He chose, with, it,
3: with... That's what I tell people. I, people who don't like me, they send me nasty emails. You know, I don't know who they are. And they go, I heard you were a bit unhinged. <laughs> I, I laugh at that because I know what my psychological and emotional makeup is i've studied myself for years i know what i did wrong i know the work i have to do to me i'm a good guy because i'm trying to do the work i'm trying to be a better person um i'm gonna take you up on that and i'll send you i'll
0: send you mantras as long
3: as it's not crossing the border so as it's staying inside.
0: Oh yeah. You don't have to cross any borders. It's just within I, your I love it. It's within yourself. And Dude. and you see how it shifts things. It'll 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 blow your mind. I'm willing to believe if you. If you're a little relentless with it in terms of just like I put it on sometimes, there's I'll send you an eight hour one that you can put on in the background when you sleep, it just filters into your subconscious. It just helps you let all that shit go. You seem like a really
3: bright guy and uh to, you know, emotionally together guys I, I, I have
0: my moments too I, I didn't know. say you seem perfect yeah <laughs> calm
3: down <Bob. laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> nice. take a chill <laughs> pill, <kid>. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he called me up and that was, that was it and then I had her with a lawyer I had her leave the house because I own the house and we couldn't go to court because we couldn't afford to go to family court and it could drag on for years and she wanted to be with this guy anyway right and uh, you know I mean, things like my my son, unfortunately, was privy to some of her private things with him. Right. You know that was he said, Dad, come here. I gotta show you something. Right. Why? Go downstairs. We gotta go downstairs. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. But uh, but like it's like it's like wait till you get out of the house. Like I, I never ever cheated once. You know, everyone's different. Some people don't believe in that. Some people believe in that. That you know, everyone's different. But you know, if I find a girl that I like and I'm really attracted to, you know, I'm willing to give up that one night of excitement. It's like that one piece of chocolate cake, and then you wake up in the morning, and now, now you have all these other feelings floating around. Like maybe I want more. Maybe right. I want a threesome. If you don't water the garden, you know, or fooled around and fell in love, you know, it, it's it stays with. As long as it's good, as long as it's good. So, so that was that's it. She left, went there. Um, Saw her for two minutes when I did a road trip with Jake. Jake and Jake decided he's living with me. He wanted to live with me. And Jake, uh, your son. I, I'm a great father. I'm a really like er, I'm a microscopic father. On my phone, I got every every detail about his health. I talk to people in his school two, three, four emails a week. You know, it's it's pure love. It's pure love. It's it's. Uh, Man, ch- child love to me is is uh, the greatest love I've ever known by far. It's uh, it's it's amazing, and um,
0: thank th- God for that.
3: For him, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way and 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 the doctor from Sh- from from Bellevue, he said the way you are, the way his mother is, the way he is, it's an absolute fucking miracle.
0: Mm. That he turned out wanting to be a Marine. and He's such... never
3: smoked a joint. He's never had a drink. I was already a junkie when I was 17, 18 mm-hmm. years old.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know? I, I, uh, I, I have a, a heroin song on my album called The Cooker and the Hit. It's not the needle and the damage done, but <laughs> I, I never claimed to be Neil Young.
0: Which member of the Dictators was in L.A.? was living in
3: LA? Yeah. Scott.
0: Cuz I back in like in only for
3: like the last bunch of years.
0: Oh, really? Not recently or a long yeah. time ago.
1: Living I'm talking about
0: like in the, in like 1990 like 99 or something like that. Was I don't there, think and, he was
3: there 21 years.
0: Huh. Well, there was I think there was a member of the dictators that was associated with the musicians assistance program. For for addiction, and they took me to a meeting. I was working in a studio with T-Bone Burnett, and I was having an issue, and I reached out to MAP, Musician's Assistance Program. And I think it was a member of the Dictators came and picked me up, take me to a meeting.
3: I I don't think there was... uh, You might be making a mistake. Maybe I am. Because I'm thinking of everyone. Scott was the only one that was there for a period of time, and he was never... A program guy.
0: Okay, then I'm making a mistake.
3: But he just got thrown out of his, uh, like, fourth marriage. I call him the Zsa Zsa Gabor of punk.
0: Mm. What about you? Are you dating anyone new? or?
3: No, it's 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 the most difficult thing is, let's see. Again, about a year ago, I picked a total fucking loser, like mm-hmm. a fucking crackhead. Like Jake said, Dad, she's a crackhead.
0: But yeah, you want to stay away from the crackheads.
3: I know. And the one before that was 41 years old. a pro tip. <laughs> the one before that was 41 years old. And, uh, vi- well, I, I don't want to talk too much about her because I do like her and respect her, but she's pushed me out of her life. Um, we had a very strange, deeply emotional... I, I wrote a song about it called uh, My Left Coast Doll or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It was an iPhone romance. I, I mean, see. there were times we talked two to thirty times a day. Wow! And I went out there, and we hung out. Me, Jake, and her. She came here, we hung out, and um, it, she had really giant boobs. It really turned me on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll do that.
0: Uh, <laughs> and when well, I mean, and she we was short. Like. <laughs> she was short. I'm surprised she
3: could stand up straight. Oh man! But uh, <laughs> so that that was good. But now, what? what I, they, here's here's what I call the quote problem unquote. I'm sixty
0: mm-hmm.
3: But you know, like I, I'm like I'm like up bipolar. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm not like hypomaniac. I'm, not, yeah, I'm like hyper.
0: Hype yeah. Yeah,
3: I'm but but you know, I'm not like out of my mind hyper either. I'm just I'm
0: You just, got energy.
3: I'm fucking the lead singer of the dictators, yeah, you know. Youthful. Formally. <laughs> 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 Who hired you? The formally of the dictators. All right so we don't want to get fined here by the, by the lawyers. For. I'm 66. I got a fucking f- piece of fucking um, steel in here. Not even steel. Uh, t- titanium. In your hip. I could still play basketball with my son. I still go to the gym two hours a day. I lift weights. I do a half hour, 20 minutes on the bicycle. And uh, I can't like run through stuff and jump like I used to. But I'm like that. And I'm still virile, mm-hmm. you know. I'm still good two, three times a week, mm-hmm. you know. If I have to be, if it's a new girl, maybe. If even you practice
0: more. semen retention, it's it's nonstop, brother. Could be more. If it, Could you know. be way more. I mean, <laughs> the fact when I met
3: Jake's mother, which I was in my forties, um, my dick broke. I, could, I like like I fucked her so much my dick broke
0: <laughs> for real. What?
3: Do you, what do you, well, it, it didn't break like I had to go to the doctor. <laughs> it was just like like I couldn't get it up if you gave me a million dollar check. Oh. Uh. Like, we fucked, like, 17 million times in one... You know, it was just... Uh. It was insane. I said, uh. I'm the Olympic sex champion! Handsome uh. Dick had a broken dick. I had a broken dick. <laughs> is that um, where the
2: name Handsome Dick is from?
3: <laughs> I, believe me, I, I actually would change it if I could, because it just brings on too many jokes. It's yeah. a bad guy wrestling name, you know? It's a good one. I'd be, like, Hollywood Dick Manitoba, but I'm not... Broadway... She, New York. I should have been Broadway Dick Manitoba. So what
0: happened to the... What left coast iPhone girl? She liked to drink. Oh, you gotta get a sober
3: girl. I said I don't want her to hear this. She might be popular. She liked to drink. <laughs> no, and we are. She also <laughs> she was she was with someone. Oh. And ah. she was visiting and she really came on to me and I mean I really liked Was she like a fan? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, you're yeah.
0: not giving him, like, well, you're not, not giving him full credit. It. You're saying it was like... No, i well, out like that, but we got to know each other. <laughs> yeah. And, uh,
3: I mean, I, and she, she's very young for me now. I mean, here's the thing. I'm 66. You know
0: she's in her 40s. That's not that bad.
3: I'm 66. 40s, 50, even Listen, two gorgeous girls I had in the last couple of years were 52, 53. But you go on these dating sites, you got to be fucking kidding me. I will go the rest of my life without getting laid, Rather than lay down in bed with that human being, they are hideous. And they, what's the number one rated? You got to be kidding me. So I'm 66, and I need a good-looking, hot girl from 45 to 55 who takes good care of themselves. Good-looking, hot girl, good body. I don't care if the tits are a little flabby. You know, I don't mind because it's they're fun to you know to, to fucking. Fun. it's like play-doh you know it's like fun to mold and um
2: this guy. i just i just need,
3: I need <laughs> someone loyal someone loyal um and fun I think and sobriety
0: like, is, a, is a key yeah you I need think to think like you try your there's a lot of nuts in sobriety that, brother well no that's true for sure but i mean because they're I'm, all coming not, from problems there's also ones that are not like not sober from formal former addicts there's also just people that never deal with that oh, shit. Oh, okay. If okay. you found one of them,
2: never had an drinking yeah, like, problem.
0: Like, you can find them. They're you're sober. Yeah, I don't. I, never, don't drink cause I don't drink
2: because I don't don't like it. Doesn't like my taste. Son. Yeah, it just
3: you could be in the Marines. T-
0: yeah, <laughs> I was in the Army for he four was in years. The Army.
2: <laughs> you were? In, in Israel. You no, know, I look Israeli twenty-four, Army. but twenty in years Israel? ago I was in yeah. the Army. Yeah. yeah,
3: I got really pissed. I
2: don't off know about if you look twenty-four.
0: Well, I'm joking. Obviously.
2: Speaking of Israel, you toured with Kiss because <laughs> Chaim Chaim is from you Chaim, know from Haifa Chaim Klein ha, no Chaim uh, Genat Gene Simmons Chaim Chaim Klein his name Klein was. I thought it was Weiss but yeah I guess
3: I think it was Chaim Genat or Chaim Klein Chaim.
2: Chaim how was how, how well, what how was, was
3: Paul Stanley's name Stanley Eisen he's also Jewish yeah oh, Stanley Eisen the only two Jews but how well, what years
2: did you tour with Kiss
3: in the 70s when
2: when they were like, they were already kissed.
3: They were playing arenas. Yeah, wow. But we also, I also saw them play during uh, the first gas shortage where people waited an hour online. Like 10 different lines of cars would be um, trying to get into a gas station and everybody took their turn. You know, one car went, then one car went. It took you an hour to get $5 of gas because there was so little gas. And that's when we went to the Coventry, and we would see guys like Joey Ramone, even before he was in the Ramones, hanging out there. And we saw Kiss play there, and I guess one of their early early concerts. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I think I saw photos from there.
3: So then the the
2: Dictators opened up for them?
3: We did in a couple of arena acts, arena uh, venues, because um, Sandy Perlman and Murray Krugman were owed favors because we gave Kiss, we we gave Kiss uh, shows uh, opening up for Blue Oyster Cult. But this is this is one of the stories I would tell when I get together with my guys. Stop and just tell the kid who wants to hear the who wants to hear the Kiss story. Who wants to hear this story? But the the Kiss story was funny. You know the Kiss story. No, I know oh. it. Oh, you know it.
0: I don't. But tell
2: it. Tell it. All right. There goes my live
3: performances.
2: For for Joe Burns, tell it.
0: Uh, it. Shout out, Joe Burns. Kiss
3: was not like we hung out with Bruce Springsteen and we laughed with the E Street Band. We laughed with the E Street Band. They were regular guys. They were just regular guys who were doing really well, but they knew how to treat regular guys like regular guys. Gene, to me, I don't know him well, but to me, he seems like this guy. If you kiss his ass properly, it's okay. And uh, if you don't, or if you act too f- familiar, you're not okay. And with us, if you know us, we fuck with everybody. Like it was like Gene, no, what's gonna be? We would like talk to him <laughs> like that, and we and we and we'd say things to him, and he'd come back with really nasty things. Um, and he just wasn't very nice to us. And I wouldn't say we weren't very nice to him. I'd say we acted the way we did with everybody, mm-hmm. and it wasn't in his realm you didn't of,
0: kiss uh, the ring enough uh,
3: that's what i think you know like right. i say i don't know him well but i'm basing it on the experiences i had mm-hmm. and uh so we play like a night or two big arenas 14 16 000 seats and uh, i see paul stanley going like um i hear cleveland is a hot rock and roll town and people would go nuts now we come out I see 14, I'm, I'm playing CBGBs, 300 people, 200 people, 80 people. It's like 14,000 people. I, I, I can't absorb it. It's like I'm looking around at a sea of people. I don't know what to do with that. It's out of my realm of, of, of experience. So I just come out and just like sort of like a robot. And, and then I get off stage. Nobody gave a shit that we were there. And then the next night I would hear... Ah, here Des Moines <laughs> is a hot rock and roll town. And everyone goes nuts. You did the Paul so Stanley. Said, <laughs> that's when I figured out yeah. I will never be a big rock star. I can't do that. Uh, so the next night we came out. What say, did
2: he do on that night?
3: Next night we came out. And let's tell you, it's Youngstown. So I start the show. You gotta do go, the I hear. I hear Youngstown is a hot rock and roll town. <laughs> and people went nuts. And they threw us off the tour. Yeah. Because you, you stole Paul's line. line. That's, I the show. That's
0: brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's funny as hell. What there's did like, he do you, that? There's night. YouTube clips of just Paul Stanley doing that. All these like, uh, like, things are the best. Yeah. Yeah,
2: just him, just the banter. Paul just, Stanley banter for hours. Yeah,
0: ju- just clips of his banter on YouTube. Really? Yeah, just him doing that.
2: This next song That's is a cappella. That's really funny. Without music. Marky Ramon.
3: Marky Ramon's one of the dumbest people I ever met. And uh, i tell you what. Tell us he, how you really
0: feel. <laughs> what? I said, tell us how you really feel. He's really he's,
3: he's uh he's, uh I'm I'm gonna do this even though cause all these guys I was friends with in the hallways and friendly with me and talked to me and we laughed for 14 years no, again none of them ever called me got in touch with me except there were a few so this guy i know who produces mark show he had this guy come on with his wife and i know them They 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 design singles so they have a book of singles so mark you can hand mark a sheet of paper of exactly what to say
0: spencer Drake.
3: yeah
2: I was going to say that, shit. too. Yeah.
3: We know Spencer. Spencer
0: and Judith. Yeah. Yeah, I know so, them. You shout out. Hand, to, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, shout yeah. out to them. You can any.
3: hand Mark a piece of paper telling him what to do exactly, and he'll fuck it up. It's like, this other guy is really smart and really um, talented, and he does all the work for Mark. And we used to just walk down the whole like laughing about it. hey you among did his wig was on all backwards today and all this shit but the funniest thing it's a short line so just it's not like a big laugh he goes like today we have spencer drake coming on with his wife judith judith they got a book on singles they did a book it's a very thick book <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you have yeah. to hear him saying it. right <laughs> yeah i have it I on tape it. it's funny it's, <laughs> it, it was within it was like
3: it's a book it's a very thick book it's, it's got a very letters interesting and words yeah, yeah and I think pictures that's what it was like yeah, yeah. you know but see there's like the, the spanish kid that was on the spanish stations who grew up his father taught him rock and roll he loved kiss he loved rock and roll um and he's a great baseball player and uh he got a kid, and and him and I are, are still loving friends. One of the retired cops for twenty nine years, who signed an affidavit for me, mm-hmm. just in case I wanted Jake. I got I got firemen, policemen, I got my friends who are insanely uh, uh, rich, lawyers, successful lawyers, doctors, signing shit. And this guy's a twenty nine year cop and detective, and. and uh, he said, "I've seen Richard come up here a million times. My son would come up there, man. This is why I feel so bad. he My son loves Eminem. He'd go into the Eminem studio, man, and all these, all these big women with big asses and big hips and big tits and skin tight clothing, and they're all sitting in there in the Eminem studio. And we were friends with one of the famous DJs up there, and he loved Jake." And I would walk in there. and They go, "That your boy? Go, he's a cool kid." Like my my kid, just Eminem. No, Eminem was there. Eminem right. was there once. You you were like, it was like the offensive line of like the Giants, like uh-huh. around him. And right. He's a little skinny white boy. You know, you couldn't even get near him. I went to take a picture. I goes, "You can't do that." And um, I said, "Dude, look, look at the picture. It's through double pane glass. It's like nothing." Goes, oh, all right. It didn't didn't come out. Right, but
0: um, yeah. Wait, so no, let's finish that story. So you're, what were you talking about with the studio and Eminem and your kid and yeah? All the no, girls? That's my.
3: I feel bad because my kid used to love to come up and visit. A lot of kids that visit. I used to visit my father in his shoe store. Oh, he visits me, and like he goes into like m studio, and the fa- there's a famous DJ there who travels all around the world. You Know, like, they'll play in Egypt to like 80,000 people, you know. And uh, he, he loved Jake, he got along, he got so along. So, why do
0: you feel bad? What are you feeling uh, bad about? That oh, he I, I do feel that bad anymore.
3: I that he can't do that anymore. Um, I have a, a few friends, one of them didn't talk to me, and I was mad at him. I saw him backstage at a concert. We looked at each other and we hugged. So, see, that worked, that was good. Yeah, we just looked at each other and hugged. Yeah. And I said, listen, dude, Squash I was pissed beef. off. I said, I was pissed off at you. And he's like, oh, I always loved you, Richard. You know, like, so that was cool. Yeah. So... Um, we got
2: to do a follow-up in a couple of months with him to see how he did.
0: See how the uh, yeah, works if it out. worked
3: for you or not. I'm going to come in sitting zen and <laughs> like a
0: Buddhist... Well, Jesse Mallon was like hot on us getting you here, right? Well, yeah,
3: Jesse thought you would be a great guest. Yeah, um, and
0: he gave me a list to but ask the, the, you about.
3: The, the, last thing I wanted to mention, I don't want to take up all your time, but the last thing I wanted to mention about that is, um, is, uh, the people, like one guy you mentioned on the show, I find it disheartening that I asked him to be on my podcast, and and they all went like, oh, you're putting me between a rock and a hard place, Richard. Why did you say bad things about Steven? You know, this is my job, like, Wait a minute. You can't come and talk to me on my podcast because Steven doesn't like me and fired me? Like what what kind of fucking dick sucking is that? That is some big time dick sucking, man. And and one guy, I won't mention his name, came on. And that's what you call a... Uh, Mensch fuck he's the jew i would not know
2: to say that <laughs> oh you're, you're from israel i'm not know. a jew <laughs> and you i got fucking it nailed it i nailed it I nailed it
0: <laughs> well that's good man i mean listen you know the thing is is human beings and human nature is like it is fear-based it is small people won't be around when you're down you learn that the hard way in life It's true. the The amount of people that are going to come for you when you're really having hard times is few and far between. That's just how it is. That's right. Chinese food and and people who have experienced that have experienced it. You're right. And the thing is, is if you once you get past your hard times, and people do come back around, and they do. You can either hold on to it and like live in that resentment or you can let it go and forgive everybody and forgive yourself and it's just a nicer ride. It's that's it. It's just it's just upgrading the car like you know the the one where you don't do that you're driving around in a jalopy with the fucking fender falling off that's resentment and all that or you can ride around in a nice rolls royce you know and that's forgiveness that's the way i look at it it's like i just rather ride around in an air conditioned rolls so royce you're a program guy uh, huh
3: that's program
0: stuff oh yeah yeah no i've been in and out of the program for a long time this you session know is i haven't free had, by the way i haven't had as many i haven't had as many years consecutive as you I mean, so I'm sure you could teach me a whole hell of a lot in that regard, you know. But uh, I, but I'm definitely, you know, within that mix too. But look,
3: you guys have been with me hour, an hour and a half, right? Almost, Almost two, two hours. Mean, all right, so <laughs> handsome like, dick. It went by fast, yeah, right? Tough. Yeah, it went yeah. by fast. Right, You're a good point, storyteller. But the point is, the point is, you get a sense. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm going to leave and you can say like, oh, that guy, he's a little like, you know, but you're going to get it. You're going to get a sense of me when I leave. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I hate to like have to ask you what you think of me. But because of all these other people that motherfuck me, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, I'm a regular guy. Right. I'm a, uh, you know,
0: from what I know of you here now. Yeah. But okay. I think I think there's an aspect of you manifesting that energy over and over again you're right and and you know that i fucking dream and and you know that and 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 i i honestly think that ho'oponopono mantra could be like just when you're in the gym put it in your headphones just when you're on a long walk you got it and then and then and just like when you know to these characters in your life that you have resentment towards that did fuck you over you know no no doubt that many have i'm sure and i'm sure you have in in also done things and you know but but and then throw that mantra psychically over all those situations and all those people and be relentless about it and just see how it clears the way that you can now live from inspiration rather than from memory because if you're living from memory you keep recreating those situations and those situations that that provoke more of the same thing and you have to with with we all have to take responsibility for our own like with our own consciousness, because that's just the way life is, you know?
3: You can't... You, you make so much sense. You, you can't go back and fix that unless somebody's willing to say, hey, man, let's fix that.
0: And if you focus on it, you'll create more of it with other relationships, which you undoubtedly have, you know?
2: One at a time. So,
0: what, what do you mean? So if you're focusing on... I've been screwed over by this person or this person and I had a falling out in this and your and your brain you'll, you'll what you focus on is what you'll keep creating it's like the law of attraction you'll keep really? attracting that really so so if you keep focusing on this situation where I have a resentment towards this person this person and this person then all of a sudden this other thing like with little Steven will happen where that, now that situation and then then I'm focusing on that and then more of that and see that's where the power of the Pono Pono comes in because then you start just like resolving all that stuff with that's why you don't need to cross the border as you say you move on you you move on within yourself you forgive that's all you forgive exactly you forgive them you forgive yourself, and and then you start thinking of those people in a positive way, you then start creating more relationships that are reflective of that positivity and of that good feeling, and all of a sudden those relate, and even, and then surprisingly, you'll see it won't happen to all of them, but some of those other old relationships that you thought were unsalvageable, something will happen where they'll come back around, or you'll, or something will happen where those, those, that resentment will get dissolved I, and I, you'll know that you manifested it. How through. do you
3: think of them in a positive way? Because someone also... You, the, why you,
0: is, you, let, you let the power of the mantra be more enlightened than you. You trust the power of the mantra, and even though you have hatred and resentment towards them or something, you still... Just have that mantra going on in your headphones or whatever. We have the same headphones. You you, you know, like you, you have that mantra going on in your headphones and you just throw that over them in that situation and it has a power beyond us. It really does, man. I, I was shocked by it too because I was doing so much shit just to get over my own trauma and my own resentments towards people. I was like... Doing running marathons all the time. I was boxing. Really? I was doing all, not marathons, but running long distances. Training sober, eating well, doing all this stuff. But I was hitting this glass ceiling all the time. And then I found this mantra, and it just broke me. It was like it was like what I needed. It w- it really just broke me. I do. Me I, w- I
3: want to be freed from myself.
0: Yeah, that that because if you ask me, like, what would I say about you? I like. I would say that. I would say, yeah, he's he needs to. He wants to be free because you came in here and talking about those situations, and I think part of you just wants to be released from all this bullshit. And your subconscious, like, like your like subconscious, it, it comes so, out in dreams. Exactly. So I, you know, man, I, I'm, you know, I don't. I, this isn't not trying to be patronizing or in any way like anything but i'm praying for you like you know what i mean and i and i will send you some of these mantras or the the ho'oponopono thing and i'll try it I'll you try know it. and there's a book i got I'll, plenty I'll, of time on my and there's a book i'll I'll hip you to too with about that mantra specifically uh, by joe vitale it's called i think it's called i forget what it's called no limit or something joe vitale ho'oponopono i'll look it up i'll look it up but
3: I want to do a cooking show and i want to do my my podcast again well why don't we
2: start by plugging all those here before before we end like what is your the name of your podcast
3: well i've done about 15 18 of them but not in a while it's called you don't know dick and uh, the handsome dick (laughs) manitoba um handsome dick manitoba program on youtube is just sort of like my fun goofy program however I am starting a cooking show on there as soon as I can figure out all the fucking technical stuff and that'll be called The Chef of the Future.
0: Nice. Well, that's from The Honeymooners. What are you going to cook? I love The Honeymooners. Well,
3: that's from that show where he got really nervous in front of the TV camera. Uh, Can it core a apple? Yes, it can core a apple. They invented this thing and they went out and did a commercial, like an infomercial and then like Uh -uh. he got so nervous in front of the TV. Chef for the future, Kenneth Coleray Apple. Yes, some great title.
0: Norton, Norton.
3: Don't look at me. I never right, watched guys, that show. All right, guys, let's wrap this up. <laughs> what
2: about the Jesse stuff?
0: You want to hear? You want to
3: do?
2: Jesse a... said to ask you about Bruce.
3: No, were you hanging out with Bruce? Yeah, but we made a record. We saw them every oh, yeah, day. Bruce.
2: No, that definitely talk about Bruce. That's how I
3: met Steve in 1978 in the legendary. Um, recording studio in Midtown Manhattan um, Of course I can't think of the name of it We <laughs> met, the E Street Band was like in Studio A We were in Studio C And in, in the living room area was like a, a, a VHS You know, a player, we could watch movies And it was the whole E Street Band And everybody who produced, worked on their record That all these guys, Chuck Plotkin And, and um, you know, Stephen did a lot of uh, uh, producing on the records and bruce was there uh one night bruce actually said when it was very late because nobody was allowed in the studio except the band uh and bruce invited me and scott from the dictators in. and said hey you guys want you want to hear something because sure and he plays in candy's room here a picture he plays candy's room for us and and like you know, I mean, we loved it. We loved him anyway, but what are we gonna say? You know, you imagine walking. Ah, it's pretty good, Bruce. You know, it was great. And he and he invited us
0: in. What would you say to him? We did said you say um, it was great. Or Bruce, did you play? No, he cool? said
3: Bruce, that fucking great song, man. And then he, we got him in our studio. And on on one of the songs we do, he goes, "What do you want to do?" He goes, "How about how about like the song in the middle builds up And he counted one, two, three, four, in the middle of the song. Nice. So, and then you know, like they were regular guys. I would do like, I would like stand up and say, "Hey Bruce, you want to see my Jim Dandy mangrove imitation?" And I would like like going like across the state, and they were cracking up. And we all became friends. Clarence, we all got along so great. And, you know, Steve and I got along great for 40 years. You know, he did so much, so much, so much good for me that, uh, you know, um, like like I say, if if I wrote my book, I'd probably have a page saying I feel really hurt the way it wound up because I did send him an email saying I'm not looking for anything or a job or anything. I just, I don't want to die not being... Your pal. I don't want to die being your enemy, and he didn't. He ignored me. So, you know, I put it out there. That's the best I can do. I can't. And you're putting
2: I, it out there now again, which I, is good. I can't. I can't tell you how to bring it back.
3: You know.
0: A Ho'oponopono puna will work its magic. Send it to me, man. Did you ever meet Lou Reed?
3: Oh, a, a bunch of times. As a matter of fact, I got, I got stories of every. I got a fucking story about everything. Met Lou Reed at 42nd Street at Nathan's once when we were all, the, oh, Lou Reed, Lou Reed. And because and, uh, we had that Lou Reed is a creep line. And I heard him say once in an interview, oh, those guys, I, I ran into them once. They were like, like kissing my ass. And it was hysterical. We love Lou Reed, i a big Velvet Underground fan. Yeah. And um,
2: uh,
3: <laughs> the last time I saw Lou, this is a ridiculous story. Was in, not CBG. Oh, was in um, John Varvados store. John's a great guy. Yeah. Good, good buddy of mine. And um, Mick Rock, also a great guy. Good buddy. they (laughs) they, They were doing the book, right? Yeah, I love Mick.
0: Yeah, we've had Mick on twice now. Yeah, we hang have, out with have him. Have we released that second yes, one? Yes. You put it out? Yeah. Why didn't you send me a clip? Because I didn't make it. I've been so busy. Oh, my <laughs> God, dude. I that's so. We, you got to send me a I clip I will, on that. yeah.
2: I sent you the painting stuff. Okay,
0: I'll, but I'll post that. But yeah. you got to send me info on it. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, this guy. Anyway. We hang out with Mick a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he loves yeah. Joe.
3: A couple of yeah. drinks, he starts kissing me. That don't happen
0: So you're John
3: Barbados I'm standing Halfway back On the side I'm with Like all my friends I've known You know I know everybody uh, John uh, Bob Gruen You should get
2: John On the podcast
3: I'm with I'm I'm with uh, Bob Gruen I'm with uh, Whoever was there Photographers Musicians A couple of friends And uh, I'm listening And I'm talking To some people and uh, everything's really quiet. And this woman goes shh. So now I'm pissed off. <laughs> said, shh, and she goes shh, Stop talking. Take it outside. I go you shh. You stop talking. It's a rock and roll. It's a rock and roll guy. It's a rock and roll book. It's a rock and roll event. It's not a library. And and they got a microphone. And I'm talking quiet. So move up close. You know, since I got into all this shit with them. So then, um. I'll tell you what happened I could I could I actually in an audio way it, it's even funnier um, so I'm standing there and I, you know I've seen Lou for years and, and and I know both of them for years and then all of a sudden I didn't shut off my my ringer like I did here and my ringer went off and this is my ringer <laughs> So Lou goes, "The Godfather, that's the worst ringtone turn- I ever heard."
1: <laughs>
3: I go, "Lou, The Godfather is the worst ringtone you ever heard? I don't believe that." Mm. And that was the last I saw Lou. He passed away wow. not long after.
0: Wow, that's funny. I wonder that, why he hated The Godfather as a ringtone.
3: You know what? Who even knows if he totally really meant it, you know? Yeah. Like, you
0: know. Yeah. It's a funny. I have thing a to say. I,
3: as the other call that I think they're stopping them on Verizon, but you have a call and answer. I had Canned Heat. I'm on the road again. You know canned heat? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like a real I like I like Boogie. It's yeah. a really good Boogie song.
0: Well, thanks for doing the podcast, man. It's been it's been it's been awesome.
3: Okay, I tell you, man, I love to talk. Well, it's you, fascinating. You're good at it.
0: <laughs> good at telling stories.
3: Thanks for having me on, I appreciate yeah. it. Are you and, on
2: social media, Facebook, Instagram?
3: Yeah, I'm on Instagram as uh, Richard Manitoba and Handsome Dick Manitoba. Uh, Facebook, I've been thrown off for the 11th time, I told you when I came in, right? I'll be 26 more days, but I'm, uh, uh, my, my homepage, which I don't let too many people on, is, uh, oh, fuck. What happened? If you're a baseball fan?
0: No, I don't know anything about no. baseball. The best
3: Yankee player got a qualifying offer, and he put it down, which means he's a free agent. The Yankees have to get him back. LeMayu. Um, give, me, give me a second here, okay? Uh, Instagram. Hold on. Instagram. All right, stupid. Instagram is Richard Manitoba, and I think Handsome Dick Manitoba. I have two. Okay, Facebook is... Uh, Give me a second. Okay, Richard Manitoba is my Facebook and the picture of me with my arm around Keith Richards. And um, well, this is ridiculous, so I'm not going to give you the the ridiculous. So I'm, there's eight pages more, but I got to get rid of some of like some of the bands we had for like six months, like Manitoba NYC. The Handsome Dick Manitoba fan page is the best.
0: They give people the main one.
3: Handsome Dick Manitoba fan page is the best and. You could try to reach me at Richard Manitoba, but uh, I look don't, him up. I don't usually. And then I got wait. I, I got what President Trump likes to use. Um, what's my Twitter? It's I think it's r- at Richard Manitoba.
0: At Richard Manitoba on Twitter. All right, dude. And you were were you a wrestler? Oh,
3: and yeah. Wait, and don't forget to check out my amazing great website because people who love the bar, there's like 50 pictures of the wall of pictures that were on the wall manitobas yeah and it's uh the ha- it's handsomedickmanitoba.com. Okay, handsome
0: dick manitoba.com okay handsome that's the website i was a prof-
3: I was not a professional wrestler i was a professional wrestling lover
0: oh okay so
3: i got my name
0: oh, okay all right man thank you sir thank you guys absolute thank pleasure you, everyone. It's been a pleasure we'll see you next time shout out just in this Mellon. day and
3: age i couldn't think of a better way to spend an evening yeah unless a, it was two chicks with one. big tits